Hello and welcome to Minnesota Extension Swine and You podcast. My name is Sarah Sheik Belke, and I'm a swine extension educator with the University of Minnesota. Joining me again today is Diane DeWitt, who is also a swine extension educator with the University of Minnesota. Today we've chosen a timely topic, as today we are going to be talking about transporting pigs during cold weather. Yeah, you know, Sarah, we think about cold weather and we want to stay inside, not have to be out on the road. But uh, the reality of uh, pig production across the country and here in Minnesota is that every day thousands of pigs are still moving across the countryside on their way either from uh, one farm to another or from the farm to the processing plant. And so there are certain ways that we need to handle pigs during cold weather transport. And here in Minnesota, it's a particularly important aspect of transportation. In transport quality assurance certification, and that we call that TQA for short, transport quality assurance certification, we teach producers and handlers and team members in the barn and transporters, the the folks that drive the trucks when they haul pigs. Uh, We teach them all appropriate animal handling methods, especially when moving pigs, because we have learned that most of the detrimental effects that can happen to a pig's carcass and the meat quality happen during inappropriate handling. And so in TQA certification, we spend time teaching producers and reminding them uh, appropriate animal handling methods when they are being moved in and out of buildings and onto trucks and trailers. You're right, Diane. And you mentioned here in Minnesota, which on December 21st, it was winter solstice meaning winter has officially started. Granted, we've had a nice fall, but I can say with the temperatures outside right now and also seeing the forecast here that we're going to be getting some more snow and temperatures are cooler. So along with what you said, but also how I said this was a timely topic as during the winter, pigs are still transported, just like you said So one of the things I want to talk about first is before we even load those pigs on the trailer, we need to determine if they're fit for transport. According to Temple Grandin in the publication Effect of Transport on Meat Quality and Animal Welfare of Cattle, Pigs, Sheep, Horses, Deer, and Poultry, She concluded that one of the two main factors that contribute to the most serious animal welfare problems was the loading of unfit animals. And the National Pork Board does have a stance on unfit animals and whether or not they should be loaded or even brought through market channels. And so I'm going to go through the list here of what would be examples of unfit animals. And these would be the animals that we do not want to load on a trailer. If these animals are moving because they're going to another location, such as maybe they're coming out of the nursery and now they're going to a grow finish unit, or maybe they're coming from the farrowing and going into a nursery or nursery to finish, whatever the case might be. 
Sometimes you can keep these pigs back and they will recover. And then at a later date, they will be fit for transport. But if it is pigs that are going to market, producers need to make a choice that if these animals are unfit, maybe they can wait around for the next group of pigs that are going to market. Or if there's just not going to be enough time for them to recover, it might mean that it's euthanasia versus going through market channels. So now that I've said that, here is some examples of unfit. So if we've got a pig that is sick, injured, or fatigued, we should not be loading them on a trailer. If they've temporarily lost their ability to walk, maybe because of um, a leg that's um, injured, or maybe it's just that they've been laying for a long period of time, and now getting them up, they just kind of have to wake that leg up. Um, we should wait to load that pig. If we have a pig that is not able to move without causing additional suffering, we should let them be in the pen in the barn and not load them. If we do have pregnant animals, so gilts, sows, that are in the final 10% of their gestational period, we should not be loading them to move to a different site or through market channels. And then if we do have females that are traveling without young, so meaning that um, maybe it's a sow or a young gilt that we want to cull, but if she has farrowed within the past 48 hours, we, we do not want to load her for transport. Um, keep her around, allow her to recover before we would move her if it's to a cull market or whatever the case might be. And then if we've got newborns with unhealed navels, of course, they're too small to, to be loaded onto a trailer. So we should wait until they're older. If we have a pig who has a body condition that would result in poor welfare because of unexpected climate conditions that that pig would experience while on the trailer in transport, we should not load that pig. Now of that list that I gave you, like I mentioned earlier, some of those pigs, maybe if we just give them some time, um, they'll be able to recover and we'll be able to transport those pigs at a later date. But if that is not an option in some of those cases, then we might have to look at euthanasia. If we've got a really severe, sick or injured um, pig that would be going through market channels, or also if we have a pig that has really bad body condition and is not fit for, for transport. And no matter how much time we gave that pig, they would still not be able to, to go through and be transported. So those are some examples of pigs that would be unfit for transport. Yeah, that's a really good selection and a, a great explanation, Sarah, of uh, what animals wouldn't be considered fit to transport. And one thing that we cover in TQA certification classes are just working with producers to help them learn to recognize whether an, when an animal does become fatigued, if they are likely to recover, because a lot of times that's all that it takes. They just need to be sorted off and allowed to rest and eat and drink and recover. And they'll, they'll 
uh, be fine to be moved and transported another day. The, most of the material that we cover in, in TQA co comes from data that's gathered through uh, research in the industry. And uh, we generally have a fairly clear a recommendation of space, both for barn space for pigs in pens and also space on a trailer for transportation. And so there, the rule of thumb is that the pigs should all have enough space on the trailer to be able to lie down and stand up in their normal position and not have to lay up on, on top of another pig. And if the trip on the trailer is going to last more than three hours, the pigs should pre be provided a little bit of extra space so that they can lie down if they, if they want to. Uh, and then when we're talking about co cold weather transport, the stocking density needs to be uh, adjusted almost as if it were hot weather. It, it kind of seems a little bit opposite of what you might think, but cramming more pigs into a trailer than, there, than are supposed to be there doesn't help anything in cold weather. Because of a couple of factors that occur, we do when we're transporting pigs during cold weather, we, we always are thinking about the possibility of frostbite to their skin from cold air and cold air at road speed that's, um, you know, engulfing them. But there, there's also the possibility of frostbite uh, uh, if they are crowded against the metal sides of the trailer. And so for that's one of the reasons why we want to uh, reduce the stocking density when we're loading pigs in cold weather for cold weather transport. That's exactly right, Diane. Yeah, you mentioned about decreasing the stocking density when it's cold outside. And yeah, you're exactly right. It's opposite of what you think. You would think, oh, get them all together. They can huddle together and be toasty warm. But then you've got those group of pigs that just can't get away from the sidewalls. And then we could have frostbite set in. So we don't want that to happen. And then another thing we need to think about is driving conditions, especially this time of the year in winter, um, depending on the distance as well as what the weather report is. There's a lot of different road conditions that a hauler could encounter. So it's really good this time of the year to check what the weather is. So whether it's looking at weather.com or weather.gov to see what the forecast is. And then it's also good to know what route that you plan to take so that you can look up what the weather conditions are, as well as the road conditions as they relate to the weather. Again, we know this time of year in the winter, um, when we get snow, then that means we could also have slippery conditions or drifting snow over the road, which can cause slick conditions. So it's always a good idea that if you're going to be hauling pigs, no matter if it's a short or a long distance, that you check not only the weather reports, but also the road reports. And if you are driving a distance, that you check in with the local radio station. So meaning rather than just, you know, playing music the whole way, um, <laughs> dial in to what the local radio stations are. So that if they are giving updated weather reports or um, conditions of roadways that you're able to get updated while you're in transit.
I think probably one of the other things that uh, we think about is truck drivers can communicate with each other a lot of times. And uh, so there can be some passing along of the weather report down the road or even maybe even from the uh, from the packing plant, you know, because the, the transport driver is is usually in some communication with the with the plant as they're headed that direction. Very right, Diane. Yep. Of course, not only the local radio stations, but but yeah, using their communication like through their CB radios and and other folks that they're in contact with. Right, right. Well, the other thing that we think about as we're considering cold weather transport of pigs is the proper setup of the trailer. And setting up the trailer for winter transport is a whole lot different than from summer transport. And we mentioned earlier that um, cold air at, at road speed can create frostbite on uh, bare, the bare skin of pigs. They don't have a lot of uh, protective coat like, uh, like cattle might or other animals. And so uh, we have to think about that when we're, when we're transporting pigs and, and offer the maximum protection from the wind for them as they are uh, traveling down the road. And today's semi-trailers and gooseneck trailers, any of the trailers that, we, that haul pigs in this day and age have different kinds of uh, boarding or paneling that's available that can block the, the openings on the trailer so that the wind is blocked and the pigs can be protected from, uh, from wind chill. Uh, the thing is, and this is something also that comes out in our TQA certification classes uh, when we're working with producers and handlers and transporters, is that it is not recommended to block all of the openings of a transport trailer or a, um, any kind of a, a trailer that you're hauling pigs in because uh, there needs to be room for some air exhaust. And the the reason is because animals grouped together are breathing and they're releasing moisture through their breath. And if the trailer is completely blocked up, uh, that moisture will, will accumulate inside the trailer and drip off the ceiling and get the pigs wet. And a cold, wet pig is in a whole lot more trouble than a cold, dry pig. And so that, for that reason, the recommendation is that even in the coldest of weather, a trailer should only be blocked 95% shut so that there's, there's opening for exhaust of, of breath moisture as the pigs are being hauled down the road. Uh, it's also recommended that there be uh, bedding in the trailer, and that is, that's usually the case in every case. Straw bedding isn't recommended for winter use, but wood shavings and a kind of a maximum amount of wood shavings would be maybe four to six uh, 50 pound bales of shavings in a semi trailer. In our TQA materials, we have some really good visual options that folks can see when they come to class of what a, a winter bedded trailer looks like compared to a summer bedded trailer. But having, having shavings there to provide comfort and a little bit of warmth and uh, some absorption for any moisture that might be accumulating inside the trailer is, uh, is always great. Makes the 
transportation of the pigs much more comfortable for them. And again, these bed recommendations for the amount of bedding and also uh, related to what the temperature is outside can be found in our, in our TQA handbook, which is available online at pork.org or at a TQA class near you. Anytime that we teach this, we go through this in, in great detail. Yeah, that's correct, Diane, as we did give some reference to the TQA manual where a lot of this information can be found. Um, we mentioned about some charts and stuff. And so, yeah, specifically, if you're needing to know what, whether it's the stocking density or um, how many of the side slats or vents need to be boarded up or opened depending on weather conditions, or also the recommended minimum amount of bedding. All of that can be found in the transport quality manual. Um, it can be found online and specifically at www.pork.org backslash TQA hyphen certification is where you can find that manual online on the National Pork Board's website, or like Diane mentioned, at a TQA certification course, which both Diane and I are able to um, help people obtain. And if you wish to obtain your TQA certification, you can reach out to Diane and myself. Um, probably the best way is email. My email is schi 4 66 at umn.edu. And Diane, would you like to share your email address? Yes, my email address is stouf002 at umn.edu. Yes, and like we mentioned, um, you can reach out to us either if you need to get certified or recertified, or if you just need help um, finding the manual or any other questions that you might have. This wraps up our podcast for today. I'd like to thank all of you listening to our Minnesota Swine and You podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik Belke and Diane DeWitt, both swine extension educators with the University of Minnesota. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit our swine specific web pages on the University of Minnesota Extension's website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. And on those pages, you'll find connections to our other podcasts, blog, and Facebook page. To learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com.